This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. In this town, there is no off-season. The news never stops, and neither do we. It's always game day in Cleveland with Andy Baskin and Daryl Ryder. It's always game day in Cleveland. We are so glad you are with us, and we hope you enjoyed our last episode where we played the game What If, much like the Marvel series uh, on Disney+. Plus where the superheroes of the Marvel uh, Universe were able to change their directions based on one little thing. Daryl has invented, like a mad scientist, our own Doctor Strange, has invented points in Brown's history where we look at it and we say, what if? What if this would have happened? And Daryl was on a roll. We continue on. We were with 17 different topics. I think by the time this is done, we'll have like 20. But um, Daryl, we appreciate everybody who listened to us before on this. Uh, If you want to comment on this or maybe uh, talk about it for a future podcast, you can always hit us up on Twitter or on Instagram at GameDayCLE. Let's push forward, my friend, with another what if. What if the cluster mess of the 2008 season never happens? Included in that was Braylon Edwards getting stepped on in training camp. Phil Savage, the bleep you go root for Buffalo email. Romeo Cornell could actually keep the train on the tracks in 2008. Instead, it went right down the drain. Phil and Romeo got fired after signing contract extensions, too. Remember that. They were just coming off the 10-6 and season going into 2008. Expectations were high. Everything went off the rails. So what if, Andy Baskin, the cluster mess of 2008 never happened? Uh, boy, didn't that just kind of set the tone for what we would see up until Kevin Stefanski got here? I mean, really, that's that that season and that year. It's just again, it goes back to all the heartbreak and misery we've had from this team and, and the directions that we we're going to. I mean, I, I the fact that Braylon wasn't wearing shoes, what was he thinking? Like, how stupid was that? And to start there, and then Braylon was always worried about the fact that he went to Michigan and he thought Ohio state fans hated him. And you, you know, what's funny. Ask Aaron Shea, the same thing. Ask Tom Darden, the same thing. Those guys said, once they came to Cleveland, they were Browns. Browns fans don't care where you played in college. If you can just play while you're here, while you're wearing our orange helmet, that's all they care about. And you're right. And then it also gets into this who's running the show business. And I think this is 
the power play and the and this and the leaks. I mean, remember all the all the <coughs> excuse me, all the media links about coordinators and all the other garbage that went on with that season. That's a year I wish that could have gone away because it, again, it was just another stumbling block. And if that stumbling block doesn't go there, then the what if is we have a much more competitive team much sooner than we do now. Yeah, remember in the preseason, they went to the Meadowlands and played the Giants, and they had like three guys get hurt in that preseason game. And then just everything just went to hell from there. It just it snowballed, and you want to talk about runaway train. That became a runaway train in a hurry. And you're right. It just seemed to set off the next 10 to 12 years of just utter incompetence and misery and it it um it sent Randy Lerner into a knee-jerk impulsive reaction after that and he had two of them and the next one we're going to talk about right now well I just is- think that like Randy had weird people who was listening to right Yep. Like I think he, well, was his listening problem to was people. he listened to everybody. He was listening to people in the media too. He was listening to everybody. You're a yeah. thousand percent right. I mean, go back and look at that season. We had three Pro Bowlers on that team too. Isn't that weird? Ryan Pumphrey yeah, was one. Yeah. Joe Thomas was. Hey, don't ever say Butch Davis never drafted a Pro Bowler. He drafted That's Ryan Pumphrey. Ryan Pumphrey. The long snapper and the punter will always be my friend. Nothing encapsulates Cleveland Browns football better than the first pro bowler of the expansion era being a damn long snapper. <laughs> You're so What right. if Eric Jim Pine, Mann- right? Jim, Jim Pine, right? Yeah, yeah Jim Pine. Uh, Eric, he was the first pick of the uh, expansion draft. Uh, Eric, what yeah, if I Eric guess Mann- I didn't really think of him. Yeah. Go ahead. Yeah, what Sorry. if Eric Mangini hired himself a legit- legitimate general manager instead of the puppet George Kokinas? who lasted a grand total of eight months before being politely escorted from the building, allegedly. Are you sure it wasn't eight weeks? <laughs> it, I seriously thought he was there for like 10 seconds. This, again, this was like one of those leak kind of things, though, too, right? All the stories and everything that was going on. It's like, couldn't anybody I just keep their mouth Eric shut? When he, I just remember Eric when he was answering questions about what a bleep show it was. He's like, well, you know, sometimes these things don't work out. <laughs> You know what's crazy? I mean, what that was uh, was it 09, right? Is that what we're looking at? What was his first year? What was yeah. Mangini's first year? Mangini's first year he's still was li- 2009. Yeah, he still they, lives they, here. Isn't that crazy? Yeah, they lost their first eleven games that year, um, and then it was in the game. I think it was the game at Chicago Soldier Field. Randy basically had a coronary. Randy yeah. Lerner, and he and that was Randy, the famous. I Randy, I sit in the back of the press room and just listen and never go up to the podium. Learner, yeah, yeah. I remember. Um, that was always uncomfortable, by the way. <laughs> we it was so weird. Oh my god, it was so you know, when, weird. Like, I'd look in the coaches, back, or, or when the coaches' wives would sit in the in the back of the media room, or players that was a fun one. Spouses would sit in the back of the media room during press conferences. Very uncomfortable. Anyway, so it yeah. was at Soldier Field. Um, I want to say like October, early late October, early November, something something around there, and that was the when uh, Randy Lerner gave the infamous quote of "I need a serious, credible leader," and that led us to drum roll, please. 
Oh man, I know. Mike Holmgren. What if Mike Holmgren coached the Browns instead of sipping drinks on a golf cart with umbrellas in them while riding his Harley to and from Berea? Holmgren would literally show up. He would check the media availability schedule and he would show up 30 minutes before media availability. And I know this because there were three times I waited in the parking lot just to see how fast it took him to leave. And like literally within an hour of media availability being over, Holmgren was back on the Harley and out of the building. I mean, you want to talk about heisting $40 million for doing absolutely nothing for the Cleveland Browns. Mike Holmgren for you, ladies and gentlemen. But what if he actually coached the team, Andy Baskin? All right, let me just do things. One, going back to Eric Mangini, I think Eric Mangini would have been great if they just would have, if if you wouldn't have brought Holmgren in the building and maybe had obviously if he had a GM, then I, I still think Eric was a good coach. I, I I still think he got it, he understood it. I know he tried to replace guys with veterans rather than bringing in young guys, and I don't know if that's the way it works, but um, I, I still like Eric, and I think Eric would have been a hell of a coach if they would have figured out a way to have some longevity with him. Aside Going to the home Kansky, I think Eric Mangini is the best football coach the Browns have had since 1999. I, 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 I thought he was absolutely brilliant, but he just constantly dug his own grave because he allowed mountains to become molehills because he just didn't feel the need to clarify uh, a lot of the stuff that was going on. Remember the mural because thing? Because he right? went to the, – the, wait, the mural thing? Is that what you said? Yeah, remember the mural thing? They painted over a mural in the facility. And oh, because they were, they I were, forgot they about were, that. They were going to put it in the – they were going to do something in the lobby and all that, and that just became this big to-do. Just little things that were easily explained right. away. But he went to the Bill Belichick uh, school of School of I can do anything. Yep. And and it, I just – I think he made his – unfortunately, he made his life a lot harder than it needed to be. And, yeah, if he had a real legit GM – like if he had Tom Heckert or he had John Dorsey or he had Andrew Barry, I yep. really think that he could have had an opportunity to be uh, uh, have a tremendous amount of success here. And then we don't go through the Mike Holmgren era. So that's why people two next to each other because they snowball into each other. <laughs> I still thought it was interesting that Mike wanted to keep Eric for another year. Right, wanted to give him a yeah, chance. Yeah, well, he didn't want to fire won- him after one year. Yeah, yeah, and they won their last four games that season, and he was like, you know what, maybe we do have something here, and they did. It's just that Mike didn't have anything going, and I, you know, I don't. In some ways, we laugh at Mike, Mike Holmgren and the paycheck when he was. Yeah, here. and I, I got to tell you, we don't know what the conversation was between him and Randy when he came here. Randy may have said, "Look, I need someone with a big name." that I want to be able to run this organization and just and do whatever you want <laughs> and do whatever you want. And that's exactly the way it was. So if that's the premise that Mike, that Mike had coming to Cleveland, then I, I can't really get mad at him. The only time I ever got mad at Mike Holmgren was in the end when he said, and they were looking around to try to figure out who to hire as a head coach. Remember this? And he goes, yeah. oh, I looked at all my assistants and, you know, but meanwhile, who calls the GM coach anywhere in any other facility? Ours. Right. Right. So, Holmgren's Holmgren said that you know I looked around and they were like he's like hey should should I be the head coach should I should I should I do and they looked at me and they looked at me like I was crazy so I decided I wasn't gonna be the head coach <laughs> come on I just thought every time Mike Holmgren held a press conference it was a cluster mess all right he all was, right I, I just 
from the handling of the Colt McCoy concussion situation. When oh. he, you know, it's not the same. You say it's business as usual with the Cleveland Browns, and I'm here to tell you it's not. And when we turn this thing around, don't you come calling to me for playoff tickets. And I was like, don't worry, Mike. Pretty sure as long as you're here, we'll never have to call you for anything. And then um, so there was that mess. There was the, you know, uh, him uh, eventually hiring Pat Shermer uh, to, to come in. Uh, the Cleveland Browns are st- not for I- sure. Remember, we were getting those rumblings. Oh, in yeah, that was 2012 that Randy basically had enough. It was 10 years since his 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 father had passed away, and he was just exhausted uh, trying to figure out a way to get this franchise on track. He he basically raised the white flag and admitted, I, I don't know what I'm doing. I can't do it, so let's go ahead and sell this. Uh, sell this thing, and Holmgren holds that press conference. The Browns are not for sale, and Six weeks later, they're they're sold to that. You know, the that the the announcement comes out that they're sold to the Haslam's. Um, his farewell press conference was a joke. Just everything, everything that he did, just it felt like uh, a three ring circus. It really. So, Daryl, what if Mike Holmgren was never here? Unfortunately, I think like Randy didn't have a choice. Like Randy got the whole reason Holmgren ended up here was because Randy Lerner got so desperate. The the Eric Mangini George Kokinas marriage fell apart right away. Right, Did, I right. mean you didn't even get through the, a, a full season. I think Kokinas was let go in October, if I remember correctly. So you didn't even get halfway through a season with a coach GM combo. And then I, uh, you know, they it started. I forget what it was, like zero and eleven or one and one and twelve, something like that. Before they won those final four games, but like Randy was just so desperate. Hence that quote at Soldier Field. I forget if he gave it to Mary Kay or who he said that to, but I just remember reading the headlines about needing a uh, a, a credible football leader for the Browns, and that's kind of why he brought in Mike. And I'll be honest with you, I think the whole reason he brought in Mike was to set the team up for sale so that as he was because the NFL also was pushing him. Don't forget because don't you remember he was sending Mike to the owners meetings, right? Because he, Mike Holmgren was being sent to the owners meetings. Randy was not participating in league business. The stadium was starting to fall behind the times from a technological standpoint. He wasn't, you know, pushing for constant renovations and things like that. Uh, naming rights and what, cause one of the first things the Haslam's did was they sold the naming rights to the stadium and, and got a renovation done to modernize yep. the building. Right. Yep. So, uh, and the Haslam's go to all the, the ownership meetings, <laughs> they participate in league business. D Haslam, I, uh, I, she's on the, um, she's on one of the committees. She's on, uh, like the, uh, oh, I'm, 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 I'm having a brain cramp right now. Domestic. No, some something with like conduct, player conduct. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, you know, like standards yep. of, you know. So yeah, that's what, yep. I, but yeah, so the, the the Haslams are active in, in league business, whereas Lerner wasn't. So I fully believe my conspiracy theory is that Mike Holmgren was basically brought in here to get this team ready to sell. So he could just, whoever he was selling to say, hey, Mike Holmgren's the team president. <laughs> right. Right. No, you're right. You're right. You're right. And then uh and I, I do remember the looks on everybody's faces when uh training camp opened that year in uh in 2012. I also remember the euphoria when Haslam took over and how excited everybody oh, was. Oh, absolutely. Haslam was supposed to be the white knight uh, uh on on the horse riding into town to to save the Browns. 
And uh, I just remember the look on Pat Shermer's face at the beginning. Like he just had the look of, he, he knew he was dead man walking, right? He knew that no yeah. matter what happened, he was not coming back to coach this football team in, in 2013. So and I think Pat was, I tied those Pat, together. yeah, Pat was well, I thought, I, I actually thought Pat was a very good guy. I was happy. It was, when he, he was, was but he also had rabbit ears like Randy Lerner. Yeah, that's a problem. All right, let's come back. Uh, we've got more what ifs for you. So stand by. It is always game day in Cleveland. He's Daryl Ryder. I'm Andy Baskin. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and, not uh, as simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Welcome back to It's Always Game Day in Cleveland. He's Daryl Ryder. I'm Andy Baskin. If you like what you're listening to, hey, why don't you, uh, you can either get a hold of us if you want to and let us know at GameDayCLE on Twitter or Instagram. Or just uh, hit us up in the comments section. Give us as many stars as you want. But more importantly, subscribe to the broadcast because we love having you on board or the podcast, I should say. All right, Daryl, we're playing the what if game and uh, we only have two quarters left. All right, let's, uh, it's, it's a, we'll call it halftime. Yeah. It's halftime. We're coming out for the third quarter. What do we got? Down the stretch we come. Yeah. What if the homeless guy didn't tell Jimmy Haslam to draft Johnny Manziel? You would have said, hey, Jimmy. I knew you'd love it. Jimmy, I got some Mad Dog here. I don't want to tell you who to take, but just take the Mad Dog. You're good. You're good. Just enjoy. Enjoy. Have fun, man. Relax. Just sit down. Relax. I, yeah, I know it's got a little smell here in the in the alleyway. It's all good. It's all good. Sit down. Uh, oh, I love a little Tennessee whiskey for you. You want me to sing it for you? I'll sing it for you. <laughs> what a cluster that was. Uh, what if well the what if there is we wouldn't have had wouldn't have been uh, I, I will say this and i said it at the time big uh johnny mansell made us relevant in the worst way possible <laughs> i was i was about to say in the worst way you mean in the worst in way the possible. worst way i don't know if it was him being in trouble and being in vegas the night before a game which i actually saw the plane receipt for um, or the, you know, the, the money phone or the, the, the disguise. And don't forget the disguise. Oh, the disguise. The yeah. That was a good one too. I fake glasses and the mustache. God, could they have found a guy that could care less about football? Well, they did. They drafted one. Uh, we'll talk about that at another point. <laughs> and he ended up in Pittsburgh and he didn't care there either. Yeah. Um, I'll... you know what I'm talking? Yeah. I won't spoil it. Uh, it doesn't matter. Um, it's just, I, it, Manziel was probably one of the top three worst decisions the franchise has made since they came back. Is that fair? No, I'm going to say it's the, I, I think it's number one. It's not even close. It is number one, the worst decision the Browns have made since 1999. 100%. It, didn't feel, it didn't feel that way when they did it though. I will say that. Well, uh, uh-uh. So 
I mean, well, that draft, I was, I that draft is the one heard. they should have flashed down the toilet, right? Well, I, had heard, I had heard some stuff, some red flags about Johnny, and I remember turning to a colleague and, and saying, after they made the pick, I said, buckle up, this is going to be a bleep show. You heard it here first. And Johnny didn't disappoint because it no, he didn't. completely was. Is that not also a team that it with a new owner that still just didn't know what he was doing? I mean, doesn't uh, 100%. that? 100%. Yeah. I, 100%. Uh, all right, here we go. Well, wait, wait. <laughs> oh, they, 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 they. <laughs> See how I weave these together? Well, I just wanted to go back. You know, what if they didn't draft Justin Kilbert either? So. Oh, uh, well. Eh, only the guy had an alarm clock. Uh, what if Brian <laughs> Hoyer wasn't benched for John Paul put no effort into football in 2014? <laughs> what would have happened? We would have made the playoffs. I don't know if we would have won in the playoffs. We saw, what, we saw what he was able to do. It, it, the what if part there is, what if Clevelanders would have actually embraced a Clevelander as their quarterback? I, I mean, the, the groundswell to make Johnny football into Johnny football in Cleveland um, it, we didn't need it because Brian was playing great football, you know, until Alex Mack got hurt. That's the only other factor there that I always look back and you see how the season turned for Hoyer at that point. I mean, don't you remember, um, Deion Sanders on Thursday night football with Hoyer going pay the man, pay the man. And if they would have, it would have changed the whole direction of the organization. I don't know that. I mean, I, I, I like Brian Hoyer. I, I'm a fan. And so that, that this is, I get caught with that you're a fan kind of thing on him, right. but I and also think you kid, so you yeah. root, you root hard for him and all that. He, he, there's a reason why he's still around in the league because he's a damn good quarterback. He does what head coaches ask him to do. He plays the game the right way. He gives you everything he can. There are games where he may not be better than the other defense, and we saw that um, when he was in the playoffs after he left the Browns. And but there was I, nothing he could do to make Johnny no. Manziel worth anything because Johnny, again, that's why. <laughs> Yeah, John Paul put no effort into football. He really did not put any effort into football. And some of the things that I had heard about the Manziel years and the condition with which he showed up to work during those years. Yeah, um, I, I I think that Hoyer, even though they were struggling a little bit down the stretch and, and to your point, the Alex Mack injury seemed to kind of change the trajectory of that season a little bit, I think they still would have made the playoffs this year. I don't know if they, I don't know if they would have won a playoff game in 2014, but I really believe like that Hoyer was good enough to finish off the year and get him into the playoffs. And the moment they put Manziel on the field, that was the nail in the coffin. I just remember there were some very, very loud voices in town at that t- at that point that were doing everything they can to crush Hoyer and to elevate. Yeah. Manziel and it just never should have been that way I, yep. I mean just you know again I always say be careful what you're listening to where they're coming from and 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 what the situation is because every point of view is biased mine is and I admit my bias you know I'm a Cleveland homer and if Brian Hoyer is going to be your guy I'm rooting for the kid from uh from Ignatius and you know and just I it, because we saw success with him I think that was the bigger thing it wasn't just that yeah. it's not like Mitch Trubisky who you know it's hard for me to root for him because he's with Pittsburgh now but I'm still rooting for him as a as a person. I want him to be successful. But, you know, by the same token, I think we all got caught up in, you know, the the what if the Hollywood aspect of, of Johnny football didn't exist, right? And it would have changed the franchise again. You look at all these brick walls we ran into. It's like running a maze. 
Yep. And to he, get to the playoffs. Tried to do, yeah. He tried to do what he did in college in the NFL, and he learned the hard way. In the NFL, you have to be a professional. And Brian Hoyer was the consummate professional. Like that, that, and that's, uh, you know, that's the thing that Johnny failed to pick up from Brian was what it takes to not necessarily be successful in the NFL, but what it means to be a professional in the NFL. And Johnny never got it. All right, moving on. Okay, next one. What if Sashi Brown won the Sashi Wars? I'm going to let you start. <laughs> Me? No, I'm yeah, the one yeah. asking you. No, you get this. This is the what, one I want to. This happened? is the one where I want. I want to hear from you first on Sashi this one. won the Sashi Wars, and John Dorsey did not get hired. How many games in a row do they end up losing? <laughs> do they win another football game the next two years? <laughs> you know, now that he's back in the league, aren't you going to keep your eye on him? He's a team president, and he ain't picking players. You don't think so? You don't think no, you don't have any in, no impact? He's running Zero the business. Impact. No, no, he has impact. He's running the business. As you know, he's like you know overseeing. He's the the, the big shot. He, he yeah. doesn't have to. He has, he he's not in the draft war rooms and having to watch film and okay plays and scout Here, players and all that kind of stuff. Here's what I'll tell you: We never would have uh, gone after Deshaun Watson because he would have cherished these these first round picks like nobody's business, right? I mean, no one was going to, no one wanted a baby picks like pick after pick after pick after under the cap, under the cap, under the cap. I don't know. Do you think there ever would have been a point that they would have turned the corner with Sashi? No. And here I'll tell you why. Because in the NFL, you can't do five year plans anymore. Hmm. And, and, and that's, that was, and the pain of losing, the pain of that one and what, one in 36 or whatever it was no. that they went. I, I just, I, I think it was, it, I get why the Haslam's made the change because it was just so painful for everybody. Um, but I do think they got rid of the wrong person. They probably should have kept him and got rid of Hugh Jackson because Hugh Jackson was the one that was most resistant to what Sashi Brown was trying to accomplish. But um, don't you remember when he came in and they, when they brought Hugh in, he's like, Analytics. I'm all about analytics. I'm right, the one yeah. that invented analytics. Yeah, Hugh, like yeah Hugh, Hugh said a lot of things when he was here. Um, but God, yeah, you know, I, 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 I do think he, he would have put a. I do think that Sashi Brown would have put a really good team together because when you look at the draft picks that he made over those a couple years when he was making the picks, a lot of those guys are still in the league. Now they're not superstars by any right. stretch of the imagination, but they're quality players in the NFL. So I. I just I don't know if they would have ever turned the corner because you're talking you know you're talking guys' careers and the the physical exertion going year after you can't you just you can't do slow builds in the NFL anymore no. you, you just you can't do it and I totally understand what Sashi was trying to accomplish and it's part of the reason why Andrew Barry's back with the Browns right I mean he's kind of brought a lot of that back but at the same time. He's also kind of kicked it into gear, right? He's looked at the roster and said, hey, this is a win-now roster. Let's go ahead and spend our draft picks to bring in players that can help us win immediately, a la uh, Deshaun Watson. And quite frankly, I think Deshaun Watson would have been a Cleveland Brown in 2017 if Andrew Barry was making the draft picks. I don't think that Barry would have traded number 12 to Houston. I think he would have kept it, and he would have drafted Deshaun Watson 
and Watson would have been here in 2017, which means Baker Mayfield would not have been here in 2018. And so the, again, the domino effect of just how different things would, would have been. That's a really good. What if, all right, we've got one huge, what if coming up uh, as we round out our, what if segment Uh, it's been fun for the last two shows, but we have the big one coming up next. What if it's always game day in Cleveland with threats to our nation waiting around every corner. Adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It's always game day in Cleveland. We love having you on board. He is Daryl Ryder. I'm Andy Baskin. All right, we've gone through, I think, about 16, 17, maybe even 18 what-ifs, much we're, like much yeah, like we're the Marvel. 15 in officially. Yeah. Now, I don't know if, um, you know, Captain America, you know, if Captain America would have been, what was the equivalent? It was the British. It, it was, um, what did they call Captain her? Captain Marvel? Captain Marvel? No, it was Captain no. Carter. Oh, Captain, Captain Carter. Carter. Thank it, was Peggy, you. it was Peggy Carter was the first Avenger rather than Steve Rogers in episode right. one of what if look at that Meredith Cade coming in. Yeah, I'm also the big Marvel fan. This is why I was so excited for this episode because I'm also a massive Marvel fan. We've been talking about this episode for weeks and I'm so excited that we're doing it. Okay, so wait, is there a what if we have we have one more big what if? Is there a what if we, you want before we, we get have, to the big one? Well, actually, we have two what ifs to go. Oh, I thought we had one. Okay, no, go ahead. we've got two two what ifs to go. Okay, Meredith, but does Meredith have a what if for us? Ooh, you think about it. We'll do yeah. the next. Day. That's a tough one. Yeah, I. Sure, let me. Let me let think on think that. It, I'll we'll think about it. I have I have one in mind, but I want to see if you guys get to it first. All okay, right. all right. Here, here we go. Here we go. All right, all right go ahead. Go. I thought we had one big one left. Okay, yeah. go ahead. Move right. two. Oh no, no, I've got two big ones. They're okay, both. Let's go. They are both gigantic. Okay, huge. What if the Browns beat the Chiefs and advanced to the AFC championship game? Well, first of all, they should have beat the Chiefs. Let's start there. That, yeah, that what if Holmes was out. Yeah. Um, yeah. How did they not win that game? That's my first thought. Why didn't they? Uh, they couldn't get a stop on fourth down. Next question. Yeah, but I mean, they still should. I mean, how did the defense let that? I mean, one. Uh, and, and you know, the 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 crazier what if there is that we never get into the questions about Baker Mayfield. Like Baker's the guy. All right. So if they win, then they end up. Uh, man, I can't remember who did the Chiefs beat in the AFC Championship game. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> Was it? Uh... Was it Buffalo? Uh, I think it was. was. I think it was Buffalo, too. Would the Browns have beat Buffalo? Wow. Okay, let's start there. I don't know. You would have had Baker v. Josh Allen. 
Yeah, I mean, that's the game that everybody wanted, right? Yeah. It's the game we still want, but we'll never get. <laughs> now you'll get it with Carolina. Um, oh, boy. Um, yeah, they the 38-24. Yeah, that game was a blowout. I forgot about that. Yeah, the Browns make the Super Bowl. Oh, boy. The Browns make the Super Bowl that year. And then do they win the Super Bowl? I don't know, Daryl. Do they win the Super Bowl? No. I I don't I don't think I don't yeah, I I don't even think that they beat the Bills in the AFC championship game. I think the Bills would have advanced to the Super Bowl that year. Yeah, I just I'm just I'm trying to close my eyes and think if they could beat Tom Brady, right? Yeah, no. That that's and I would say no. <laughs> All right. No. That was a star-studded one. They, they 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 could not they couldn't beat Patrick Mahomes back up. What makes you think they were going to beat Tom Brady in the Super Bowl? Well, but the what if is if they won. So if they would have Again, been able to I, 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 I know. I, I keep forgetting you're the Browns homer. So I, I will say this. The, the what if is is that Baker Mayfield, there's no question about Baker Mayfield getting the contract extension. If they beat yeah. Kansas City, I think he gets it and everything that's happened moving And forward. then my next what if become becomes easier and pretty much moot point. But the, the the final what if that I came up with, what if Baker Mayfield underwent the season ending shoulder surgery following that loss to the Cardinals in which he not only separated his shoulder again, but also broke the bone. What if he just said, you know what? Going to get that thing sewn back together, and I will see y'all in 2022. What happens? I still think they go out and get Deshaun Watson if they have a chance. Although, <clears throat> I also think a lot of ways that I, you can answer this question by saying, who is Lamar Jackson, right? Because Lamar got hurt, and he was up and down all season. And he, he you know, he, but they never, you know, the contract was out there. But remember, there were three guys going into the season that we were all talking about contracts baltimore buffalo and cleveland and the only one that got one was josh allen right and so i think that if um if he doesn't play i I, here's what i think i think if he doesn't play and has the surgery things are much more mellow about him coming back they still bring him back he may not have had the long-term extension he might still be playing for this last year but i also think that the browns aren't you know i think that when deshaun watson told them no he wasn't coming i think they would have backed off what do you think? Yeah, I I 100% agree with you. And I think that the fact that, as we have talked about on previous podcasts, when Baker put that statement out and was just basically like, peace out, then Andrew Berry was like, yeah, we really need to make this happen with Deshaun. And that's when he got Deshaun's people back on the phone that Friday morning and said, uh, how about 230 fully guaranteed million dollars? Well, that get it done and then Deshaun's agent's like uh, I'm going to talk to my client and I'll be right back with you and then five minutes later yeah go ahead and give the Texans a call we'll make this happen so I, I do think that if he has the shoulder surgery a lot of the stuff that snowballed last year I'd still say though the Odell situation and the fact that Baker was unable to make it work with one of the premier receivers in the game was a major, major strike against him. And it also divided that locker room quite a bit. And a lot yeah, of why, why, and, why, well, because, why, because why Odell, couldn't they work it out? Well, because Odell was one of the most beloved players on, I mean, nobody 
nobody has a bad word to say about Odell Beckham Jr. in the National Football League, maybe outside of Baker Mayfield. Nobody. You talk to anyone in the NFL, they absolutely adore Odell. He's um, a thoughtful, generous teammate. Obviously, he's he's got incredible talent. Um, but I do think that had Baker shut it down, it would have made it a lot easier for the Browns to bring him back. But because that entire season deteriorated, and it you know from Odell having to be released to Baker, you know, week in and week out, is he going to play? Can he play? Um, how good can he play because he's playing hurt? All those questions just every single week, right? It was just, it was a, a vicious cycle of the same thing over and over again. It's like the definition of insanity, right? Doing the same right. thing over okay. and over again, expecting different results. And then the other thing that I don't think sat very well was when after the Pittsburgh game and Baker calls out the, the blocking protections, you go back and you watch that game, like there are dudes wide open. And you're at seven Mississippi and the ball is still in Baker's hands and he can't see anything and because he's, you know, focused on playing with the pain. Right. And I'm, I'm not criticizing, but that's just the reality, right? The pain's affecting how he's playing and how he's reading the field and what he's doing. And then he goes in after the game and goes all in on Kevin Stefanski's, Kevin Stefanski's game plan. Right. Well, and then says, well, we'll see if I'm going to play the season finale. I got to talk to my people. And then they have the conversation. He decides he's not going to play. That also didn't sit well in the locker room, too. So I just I, I think that in some respects, Baker made it real easy for the Browns to move on from him. But, yeah, those are my those are my 17 what ifs. And I think Andy Baskin had about eight that he was able to throw in. So <laughs> I've got two. I've got two more for you. If you guys want to. Right. OK, really can, can I just one more thing? I was just on Baker, yeah. it, the Duke Johnson deal. Right. Yes. And oh, when Baker God. didn't want to play and I was just like, is this the same guy that was talking about Duke Johnson? Right. That was the hard part as well. OK, go ahead, Meredith. All right. So two very quick what ifs from modern Browns history. Okay. 2018, the rumors that were gaining a lot of steam running up to the draft was that the Browns, Browns were going to select Sam Darnold. What if the rumors were true? What if they had selected Sam Darnold? Um, we'd be in the same place with less drama. Daryl? Yeah, 100%. I, I think Sam Darnold would have flamed out here spectacularly. It would have been worse than where he ended up. All right, second what if from modern day Browns history. What if Deshaun Watson settled his lawsuits earlier and went to the Miami Dolphins? We uh, Baker Mayfield would still be our quarterback. 100%. Yep. Do you think the Browns would be pursuing someone like Jimmy Garoppolo? Do you think they would have tried to get Derek Carr? Yes, I think that they would have still tried to get somebody. But I think ultimately they would have failed in that pursuit. No, no, that's not a shot at Andrew Barry because it takes two to tango here. I just I don't think that the Raiders would have parted with Derek Carr. Um, I, I don't think that maybe they could have gotten Jimmy G. But I think that Andrew Barry's hands might have been tied, and we'd be going into the season with Baker Mayfield as kind of the lame duck quarterback where. Barry Stefanski, everybody in the organization publicly would say, you know, nice, positive things about Baker, but behind closed doors, they would be looking at their options for 2023 and what they could or could not 
be able to do. And the story uh, and the storyline would be can Baker earn an extension? 100%. Just like yep. it was a year ago. But I also think it would have helped if Baker would have had surgery in the middle of the season. That yeah. would have that would have solidified his return. I again, I think they put the I, I think Jimmy Haslam had his foot on the gas when they wanted to bring in Deshaun, but they weren't and when Deshaun said no, he probably took his foot off the gas, but then when Baker made a spectacle of it by saying goodbye, I think Jimmy put his foot to the pedal and said, do whatever it takes to get this guy here. Daryl, you concur? And that's exactly what they ultimately ended up doing. Yeah. And, that just It feels that way. At least that's, you know, everything I think. Daryl, it's been fun playing What If. I know you got a little vacation time, so chill, relax, uh, enjoy yourself. And uh, if the Deshaun Watson news breaks, uh, you know. I'm you- probably going to be like Mike Holmgren sitting in a golf cart with a drink with an umbrella in my hand. And I won't be riding of, a Harley, though. I don't ride Harleys. Uh, maybe an emergency podcast. I could see you hopping on the phone. I can't be, see you standing. I, I will be poolside. All right there, Mike Holmgren. I'll, I'll and, send you uh, a flower and, shirt. And, and fully lubricated as well for the emergency podcast. And that's a great way to say goodbye for this edition of It's Always Game Day in Cleveland. He's Daryl Ryder. We want to thank Meredith Kane. It was awesome having her pop in on the last segment as well. So thanks for listening. We're back uh, next week with another edition of It's Always Game Day in Cleveland. Remember, if you like what you're listening to, subscribe. If you want to be a part of the show, all you have to do is hit us up at Game Day CLE on both Twitter and Instagram. It's available to you. Thanks for listening to It's Always Game Day in Cleveland.